Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. We didn't expect to necessarily be back for this season, but here we are. Um, I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me this week I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty good, really. I'm, I'm pretty excited that the season's going to resume and excited to see how, um, how, we, how we finish up. Yeah, look, it's going to be a very interesting end to the season one way or the other. Um, I, I was listening to a fantastic uh, podcast the other day uh, called Tigers, Tigers, blah, 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 which was uh, a really great listen. So I encourage everyone to, to give that one a listen as well. It's a local Hull podcast, which is um, which is nice to see that started up. But um, I, I found the point that they made really good on this, which was, you know, whether we stay up, whether we get relegated, uh, let's let's have it happen out on the pitch. Let's sort of give it all, give it our all to stay up if we do that's fantastic if we don't then we can say that we deserve to go down um, but either way it's not being decided by weighted average points or um, you know goals or, or anything crazy like that that we can't really control so it's it's destiny's in our hands and and we've got to make the most of it now uh yeah i think i i definitely agree with that it's all, it will, it's always better to to be, be in control of these situations, whether that means that we do go down or we stay up. It's, it's definitely better to, you know, try and try and mark, play it out on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. And and I guess um, the best place to start with for today's episode is um, with the re- reasonably breaking news. I think it came through um, overnight our time, but uh, would have been yesterday in the UK, which was um, three players, Lehigh, Irvine and Kingsley, were unable to find um, terms to extend their deals for the remaining nine games of the season, which was really unfortunate. And we've also had uh, Madison and Wilkes, um, inform us or, or we've been informed by their parent club in Wilkes's case that um, beyond the next two games for Wilkes and immediately for Madison they won't be playing for us so uh, disappointing because um, everyone else was able to extend their deals so McDonald, Stewart, Terrell, Batty, Kane, Bowler and Pennington all extended their deals but um, really unfortunate that Lehigh, Irvine and Kingsley weren't able to for one reason or another. So Dan, um, I guess we'll start talking about those three and the implications of those three not being a part of the run-in, but uh, what did you make of that news? Um, I was probably a bit shocked, really, um, to see, compare with, with the guys that didn't, and you compare that to some of the talk that came out from the other guys, and I can only assume that like I don't know the, impl- the ins and outs of the contract negotiations and what goes on, but obviously they just weren't able to agree. But you know, to have early on in this whole saga, you know, uh, guys like Kevin Stewart came out and mm. said he's he's happy to commit regardless of you know that whether he gets an extended deal after this or like that he's he's going to play through that risk of injury. Um, and he's someone who hasn't necessarily always been a, a fan favorite at the club. Um, uh, and then to have so that and then but then on in this circumstance we've had a captain, uh, vice captain, you know, not able to um, to, to negotiate that um, extension. This, this, yeah, this, yeah, that extension, this situation, which is pretty dis- disappointing, I guess. Um, I'm, I mean, Irvine, in the sense that he's you know one of the Aussies at the club, Lehigh is the captain, and I think. You know, it was, there's another one of those stats that's been going around lately about you know our best eleven and that, and that back four, and it, and it was 
a, there was a wild stat um, similar to the device one that we talked about in, the, in terms of wins and when they play that you know when Lehigh plays again we perform much better than when he's not so it's it's disappointing that he's not going to be available for the remaining games yeah I think he's he's certainly our our best um best right back and I guess that that position now falls probably to Pennington but potentially to McKenzie I'm not too sure um I think I think what you touched on there is a really important factor in this which is it's our captain and our vice captain which is never a good look and um I guess I want to I guess I want to ask you do you think it reflects worse on the club or on the players themselves and the character of the players um, as supposed leaders of the club? I mean, personally, um, I I think I can completely respect their decision, but I know plenty of others on social media and in other places have, have been pretty critical. And I think in some ways I can understand their point of view. So where, where do you fall on it? This is going to sound like really... Uh, disappointing and like really that I just can't give an answer but it seems I feel like I'm really on the fence about this yeah. that I can really like again on in terms of contract negotiation stuff like it's I don't think it's ever really like one party is I don't think there's necessarily one party who's to blame in this yeah. and I think like I can understand that obviously with the uncertainty I think it, that's what has been a defining factor in a lot of these is the uncertainty around where the club will be next season mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to offer the security that some of these guys are looking for because there's a I mean to realistically there's a strong chance that we won't be in the championship next year as disappointing as that is and that makes it hard to you know to, it's a hard position to be negotiating from so there's that on this on the flip side you would you know you would hope that those guys who have been promoted from within the ranks of the club to to be made the captains and vice captains would show a little bit of uh i guess return the favor to the club a little bit um but i mean at the end of the day they've got to they do they've got to look after themselves and and they're you know they make the decision that they think best suits them and and at the end of the day we've sort of just got to respect that for for what it is yeah before we had that news come out overnight um in the initial uh, run run shape for this episode. I'd, I'd sort of made the comment with Madison in particular that he would have been in a bizarre position if he had played on because as a as a player on loan who had been released by his parent club, he effectively had no parent club. So if he if he'd suffered a three four month injury, um, whether it's a hamstring tear, whether it's a broken ankle, what whatever it is, we have no obligation to him. And he has no parent club to look after him and rehabilitate him. So he would then have to be finding a new club for next season or else rehabilitating on his own. And um, I can completely accept and understand why he doesn't want to put, take that risk. I mean, the flip side is, yes, he could have put himself in the shop window if he'd played really well for us and, and earned himself a deal in the championship. But um, the risks, presumably in a lot of these players' cases, outweigh the positives. Um, and I... I mean, Lehigh's the interesting one because I, I did see that Buckingham said that he had been offered a deal for next season. So um, I'm a little bit more perplexed that he wasn't willing to, to see out the next season, presumably on pretty reduced terms. But in this corona, post-COVID-19 sort of uh, world that we're living in, uh, if it was me as a player, I would say, look, if I've got that security for the next 12 months, yes, it may be on reduced terms, but that's better than zero. I'd probably have taken it uh, rather than chance myself going out into the unknown and, and finding another club to take me on. So, um, like you're saying, it's an interesting one and it's impossible to, to pass too much judgment without being in the room. But 
um, as, a, as a criticism of the club. And it's one that I've said time after time after time. Um, there's a reason why these players are out of contract now and we're worried about trying to get extensions. And it's because we don't offer them early enough or on good enough terms. So you look at, we look, we, you look, we, we offered Device, Batty, and I think it was um, Burke got uh, offers of contracts at the start of the season, which never got signed. Um, I would have used the, the, you know, the way we started that season, the first half of the season, I would have used that as an excuse to say to these guys, look, you know, we're on the up. We might make the playoffs. We weren't looking a great chance at promotion, so you wouldn't have thought, uh, you know, you wouldn't have thought we're going up to the Premier League and we don't want these players anymore. You'd think we, we want to secure their, their futures for the next season or two at least. Um, use- it, it just, it seems as if... Um, it seems as if season after season we're always uncertain on whether it's going to be the Premier League. Um, you know, when we were in the Premier League, uncertain whether we are going to stay there and then we got relegated and then now it seems we're uncertain whether we're going to stay in the Championship or go down to League One. And we always seem to use um, the uncertainty over the league as a reason to put off contract negotiations with these players. So um, we get into this situation seemingly every season now where eight, nine players are out of contract and leave the club and we have to regenerate the entire squad again. So um, it's a shame. And as you said, obviously with, with, with Jackson as the, as the big one, as the Aussie player, um, who we've had a lot to do with interviewing him for this podcast and, and all that sort of thing, um, it's a real shame to see him go out like this. We don't, we, we don't really get a farewell appearance from him. Um, uh, and I guess we'll see what he says if, if he has anything to say in the coming days or weeks in social media or in, in an interview. I guess we might get to hear more of the story. But um, until then, I mean, he was the only player on, um, on the playing list who had over 100 appearances for the club. So it's a pretty significant um, chunk of experience that we've now lost, which is a shame. But I guess on the positive, we look at the players that have, have signed extensions. So if Terrell, for instance, can stay fit and Stewart and Batty, that's a pretty sent pretty decent core of a midfield obviously with Lopez as well um you know Bowler as a as a wide option up top if Wilkes is now going to be going Pennington f- filling in at right back as I sort of said before I mean what what do you make of the players that have signed on and and, and what that sort of implies for our uh, best 11 I guess yeah I think um the guys that have signed um I'm I'm pretty happy I'm, I mean I'm, I'm happy that they have signed I'm really glad that um you know, McDonald is, is finally able to play some football. Got some game, some time in some of the the warm up matches. Um, I think Terrell scored in the first warm up game we had. I think the yeah, two yeah. two. Um, so, look, I'm really happy with those with those that have signed. I'm really hopeful that um, you know, as you said, you mentioned with Terrell can stay fit. Um, McDonald, but also like on top of those guys, there's all those, you know, the other guys that were on. Uh, those extended injuries and stuff, they're all back, and, and pretty much we have a fully fit um, squad. Uh, what was it, James Scott, uh, yeah. I mean, James Barry, those sort yeah. of guys, like who were, you know, poor James Scott, were one training session, and, and now he's, <laughs> and, and we thought that, you thought that was it, but then this has sort of luckily given him a chance to actually make a bit of an impact on this season. So, um, you know, it's been a very turbulent, interesting sort of a time, but it's, uh, what's been unfortunate for some may be fortunate for others yeah i think scott's the the real uh quote-unquote winner i guess if anyone can be a winner out of this situation that as you say we can finally actually get a chance to see him this season um it's really kind of been a blessing for him that he, he can come into this side now and i think 
he, does he play on the right or the left? I think he plays on the right. So really, he could actually be more of a replacement for for Wilkes potentially than Bowler. I'm not I'm not too sure on that one, but. Um, I guess this is a good chance to, to move into a preview of this game against Charlton in just a couple of days' time now. It'll be uh, midnight our time because it'll be a 3 p.m. kickoff in England, which will be a nice traditional um, game to settle us back into it. But um, we're, we're obviously not alone in struggling with uh, retaining some of these players. Um, relegation rivals... ...who's also refusing to, 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 to um, I guess, risk injury in the last few games. And then... Um, at Charlton as well, Lyle Taylor, who is probably their most prolific striker for the season so far, um, has said that he's not going to come back into into the um, squad for Charlton. I think there's a couple of other players as well who are also refusing to play. So um, Charlton's going to have a few issues with their starting 11 as well, which will make things a little bit interesting, maybe <laughs> level the playing field a little bit after our, our own misfortunes. But um, how, how do you see, uh, I guess there's no real form going into this game, but how do you see our chances going into this one in terms of our preparations and, and our squad available? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's 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 interesting that, you know, the, the players at Charlton don't, uh, the, the players, the Charlton's players that aren't re- willing to return um, are, you know, their top scorer and, and things like that. That bodes well for us in that regard. Um, I think... Uh, I think we had some pretty solid uh, warm-up games. Uh, you know, we had a two-two to start it, but we were two-nil up when we mm. then uh, we took off our first team basically and subbed on um, a, a, quite a few young guys. Um, you know, to, to to finish off. I think you know Terrell and all those guys only played seventy minutes, at which point we were winning reasonably comfortably and in control. Um, what was it? A two-nil loss to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, which I think. They said we posed a few problems um, at set pieces, which was um, you know positive. I think two nils not disgrace, not a disgraceful um, result, particularly against a Premier League um, team. Prepare, you know, in the same position, really pre- trying to prepare and, and and get ready for their Premier League um, sit, finish off their Premier League season. So that's um, you know that that was a that's a good result realistically. I think uh, I think really really we should um, we should be going there for three points, and anything less than that. Um, I would be disappointed with anything less than the three points that, against Charlton. I think it, we're in. We're back to that. You know, every every game now and every point is crucial. And I think, particularly with where, where we are in relation to Charlton, I, I anything less than three, I'm, I'm disappointed with. Um, and it's almost a failure in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, being only two points ahead of them, I think they're uh, in the relegation zone. So if we were to lose to them, it would put us into that relegation um, spot which would heap the pressure on even more. Um, talking about Scott being one of the winners, I almost think in a way uh, McCann's one of the real winners out of the break as well because the way that the run that we were on, the, the, the losing run, the fact that we hadn't won a game since New Year's Day, um, had a lot of people calling for his head, a lot of people thinking he wasn't up for the job and, and for the run-in. And it's almost uh, pressed pause on all of that. And it's almost as if just because by the nature of the gap, the, the delay between the games, he's kind of got a stay of execution in that sense, where, where I, th- I feel like if we lose to Charlton, I can't imagine that the Alums are going to sack him on the back of that one game from a resumption. But if there hadn't been that pause in games and we'd lost to Charlton, I, can't, I suspect that he might have been sacked. So it's a little bit funny how that works out. Um, and in a way you think, well, actually, you know, we've had this amount of break. You'd think that they'd have drawn up potential um, 
um, replacement options. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I, obviously, I'm not sitting here hoping for that to happen. I'm hoping that we can win the game. But um, it's just one of those funny aspects of the delay in the season, the break in the season, that um, I think McGann has a little bit more time up his sleeve now to try and work a few miracles and, and get us out of this situation. And I think obviously having most of our first 11 back or, or pretty much all of our first 11 back in one way or another, um, we we have a lot of options, but it also means we don't really have many excuses. So if Device and Burke are both fit and start, if you know we've got Terrell who can play, let's say he can play more than 60 minutes um, before a pot- potentially inevitable injury or potentially he gets subbed off, I'm not sure. Um, if he can play over 60 minutes, I think um, I think it puts us in good stead. And then it just means that we just have to go out there and, and perform and get the result. Yeah, it's um, that is an interesting uh, thought about McCann's position, which I hadn't really considered. But um, yeah, it is interesting, and I think um, I guess yeah, the the eleven that we go with um, will be interesting to see. I'm just looking at this your suggestion here, whether Wilkes actually will, because I, I feel like with Wilkes, even though we you know we've got it, the, you know he's got two could play for another two games. Is there any point in having him play those mm. two games? You, you know, when McCann's focus is on, he wants only, you know, I only want players fully committed to the cause. Um, is, you know, Wilkes's um, two games, is he really fully committed? Is it worth, you know, either James Scott or Ken Lewis Potter or, you know, someone like, or Samuelson or someone like that playing yeah. in that wide position? Um, but across the most of it, yeah, I think the. Uh, I think what you've suggested with Long in goals and then Burke device Elder, I guess it would be a McKenzie or Pennington probably in um, the right back spot. But Stuart Lopez Terrell in the middle looks about as good as we've got. I can't really see you know Herbie Kane or anything pushing one of those guys out if they're fit. Um, and I think yeah, I would probably. I think. Maybe based on the, the how the fact that he's actually been been playing in the team, I think maybe Keen Lewis Potter instead of Wilkes, mm. but Eves and Bowler as the others would be my probably suggestion for the starting eleven. Um, would would oh. you would you I saw I saw an interesting suggestion the other day, um, which was sort of posed on the assumption that maybe if Lehigh didn't return, um, a suggestion that potentially we could shift to a three at the back, uh, which would then allow for um, Elder to be a bit more attacking on the left, and then you could play a Pennington or, um, um, yeah, I guess Pennington or probably McKenzie on the right. And because that way, if you have three at the back, it means McKenzie's not as exposed on the right. He has a bit more um, defense behind him. Um, and, and, you know, so you play more of a 3 4 3 formation. Um, where you're not really changing too much else in the team. I guess it would mean you'd probably drop Stewart. Um, or Terrell, potentially, I'm not too sure, um, and then play a third centre-back. But um, it was an interesting suggestion. I mean, I, I, I don't know if at this stage of the season's a time that you'd be looking to experiment too much with formations. And if we've played this three, uh, 4-3-3 formation in our, in our practice games, then I suspect that means we're just going to stick to it. But look, it's always interesting to, to think and tinker and, and, and consider what could be a better setup. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, um, and I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I feel like I think McCann's pretty set mm. on 
what Omori wants to do and and how he likes to his team to play. So I can't really I can't really envision him actually making that that sort of a change at this particularly at this stage of the season. He's trusted it thus far, um, unless you know the last this the last couple of months has given him a time uh, the opportunity for reflection, which it obviously has. Um, you know, perhaps he has had some thoughts about. What, what was working and what hasn't you know there's been plenty of time to review the footage so who yeah. knows yeah no, it'll be very interesting so look I, yeah I think I think the um, as you were sort of alluding to I think the most uncertainty probably rests in that front three um, and do we take advantage or do we use Wilkes for these last two games or do we sort of focus on getting players in who actually are going to play for the full nine games and, and need that formal confidence like a Scott, like a Lewis Potter, like a Samuelson, something like that, like you were saying. Um, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think Eves versus McGinnis is another interesting one. I I have always been probably in favour of Eves. I think Eves offers more around the ground and um, even though he hasn't scored that many goals neither as McGinnis so um, it's not really there's not a, there's not a whole lot in McGinnis's favor other than potentially his leadership um, but I don't know how much leadership you can rely on from a guy who's had two straight red cards for the season so um, yeah I think Eves is definitely our um, our first choice striker and and um, I guess it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we line up on on Saturday night I saw some crazy stat about the number of rotations or, or um, changes to the side that we've made since our last win and it's you know I can't even remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it's you know essentially the point was that we just haven't had a settled lineup at any stage since January, really. So um, I think it'd be good if we can get at least a consistent team for a couple of games, see how it can go um, before we start to make too many crazy changes to the side. Um, but no, it'll be it'll be good to watch the game. Um, obviously, a little bit of a strange experience for those of us over in the uk it's available on tigers tv which is how all of us expats and international supporters have been watching the games um i did want to get your thoughts down i think there's been a little bit of murmurings around the cost of the game for those over in england it's about i think it's 10 pounds for a game which when you do the maths isn't the worst of deals particularly when you take into account that they haven't taken membership payments for the last three months which i think adds up to 90 pounds which is coincidentally the amount of money it would cost to watch the last nine games of the season. So um, to me, it seems pretty reasonable. And and I've sort of expressed before on the podcast, I think those who can support the club financially probably should be allowed to or should be able to. So I think, you know, um, the club's suffering at the moment. Everyone's suffering financially. I think they do need to make money somehow and slating them for coming up with a way to, to sort of get some revenue through the door is probably not really needed at this point. Yeah, well, I think the flips. The other thing is that I think a lot. Of, there's a lot of clubs out there who didn't actually put a halt, a halt on those um, payments, and so they might. There, I think there's other clubs that are offering that those mm. games for free to their members, but they've taken money the whole way through. Yeah. Whereas we have, we we put the stop. So when it was at at its worst, the you know our fans, our members weren't paying that money. And now things are starting to recover. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask, you know, for them to to, to pay. Um, you know, wh- on the value, I like it doesn't seem it doesn't seem unfair that those that it ends up roughly about the same as what their membership would have been. Maybe, you know, a, a good a gesture of good faith would have been to make it, you know, a, a little bit cheaper. But 
you know, as you say, you know, that, I mean, at the end of the day, they are a bit there running a business. Um, so, and and like uh, you said with yeah. o- with other clubs, I think with a lot of them, they'd have taken um, their season ticket fees in full upfront. So, uh, if the season had been abandoned, I, I mean, I know there was some talk of, of of issuing refunds of parts of the season tickets, but I reckon a lot of clubs would have dug the heels in and just held on to the money. So. If anything, City in in suspending the membership payments for a few months was actually doing more for the the supporters and the members than than many other clubs. Yeah, I think um, I, I I dare say I would have to agree with you on that. Is that if if a, if a club had taken full membership full full fees at the beginning of the season and then the season was called off, that many would have said, you know, you've got the full season. <laughs> basically yeah, yeah. You, that this is where the season has led to we, we were uh, you know how no one was able was going to be able to predict this yeah. so um you know it's unfortunate but you know and then they might may have you know put in a, a you know some uh passing comment about maybe they would revise their you know payment structure for the following season or something but mm. yeah i think um i i think overall i i feel like we've done pretty well um and this seems like a pretty fair deal so Absolutely. So we'll be we'll be able to tune in uh, on Saturday night for those of us uh, international supporters. It's business as usual for us. Thankfully, um, it was a bit uncertain for a little while whether we'd be part of this ten pound a game scheme or whether we'd be able to just continue with. Because you know, talking about these season tickets for other clubs, that's essentially you know I paid an upfront amount for the uh, Tigers TV annual membership. So I was in that sort of worried boat of. If uh, if this is the end of the season, then I've paid my fee. That's it. I wasn't going to get anything back. But with these new games, are they considered out of season or whatever? But thankfully, it looks like it's all under the same scheme. So we'll be able to tune in. Um, and just before we go, Dan, I should get a score prediction from you. How are you seeing this game ending up? Um, I'm very very hopeful. I'm think I'm I'm tipping a city win. I'm gonna I'm going with a two nil win. Um, with Maybe Eves and Terrell to score. I like those goal scorers. I'd probably agree. I'll say Eves and Terrell. It'd be a great way to get off the mark. I, I think they're the two scorers from that Huddersfield game, actually. So um, it'll be great for their confidence if they can both get off the mark. I'm I'm not as confident as you on uh, keeping a clean sheet. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. But yeah, backing City for the win in this one. It's good to have football back. It's good to be able to uh, look forward to a game and, and, and feel excited to see what's going to happen. And I'm sure we'll be... Um, you know, if we don't get the three points, we'll be miserable and, and spewing it. But um, either way, it's good to have something to talk about that's uh, actual football um, rather than just rating the team as we were doing for a little while there. But um, thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. Not a problem. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, this has been a great first episode back with the last nine games of the season to come. And, and we'll be back next week to uh, discuss the next fixture as well. So until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're out.